Are we live? We're live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sober Grind. We Hello. are live. My name is Pej, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin, Austin Armstrong. It's a pleasure. Welcome to the Sober Live Grind. Sober Grind. Sober Grind. Sober Grind. Earlier, I was in a little Snapchat, messing around, and... Uh, it was going crazy. He had one cup of coffee. Well, earlier, earlier than that, we were doing a methamphetamine talk, talking about the effects that are produced by methamphetamine, and for a long time, I was hooked on that, so... We're doing these little mini videos and uh, talking about you know how certain drugs feel. Now back to our topic topics today. What's well, our before, topic? Well, it's it's the stigma attached to addiction. But okay. I, I wanted to point out here, if you didn't notice, we're in a new location today. We, Where are we? We I don't know. We're in, we're in space. We're, it's just a floating pod in space. No, we're at Pej's house. Pej's house. For once, we're actually getting a good internet connection yes. so that we can be live and you guys can interact with us. You so can it's ask not us choppy. Yes. To, you know, ask us anything. Share this video. Let us know your, your thoughts. Um, now's the perfect chance. And let us know if you like this a little bit better than the green screen, too, because uh, yeah. maybe we can do something more like this in the future. Sure. So anyway, so, yes. so, so again, back to our topic. What is our topic today, Austin? It's addressing the stigma attached to the uh, the beeping truck outside. <laughs> it's the uh, <laughs> so these guys are doing a large stigma coming from me. <laughs> They've decided to do tree trimming right in now. our neighborhood today, <laughs> right when we want to film. And they were on their lunch break, but the second day they got back on their lunch break, it just totally unbelievable. Right, we're, we're good. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so yeah, see the the stigma attached to addiction, how. People maybe think less of, of addicts if they see them That's in right. public. How they think that their their perfect white collar family is immune to addiction, mm -hmm. uh, and and we'll just kind of see where it goes from there. Absolutely. I mean, where do you want to start here? There's so much. I mean, the, the stigma is still strong. People still look down on people that are addicted. No mm -hmm. matter how much we we publicly educate and talk about it, no matter how much we see it in front of the screen. Mm -hmm celebrity deaths, there's still such a stigma attached. And with that said, RRP, Mac Miller, as well as you yes. know, a lot of other people that have dropped recently. I, you know what I noticed what was really interesting is that people said that uh, the second somebody like Demi Lovato has an overdose or Mac Miller dies, everybody suddenly zeroes in on addiction and how it's killing our famous people. But you know what? Famous people are people too. As a matter of fact, um, Drugs and alcohol don't discriminate. The addiction doesn't discriminate. The alcoholism doesn't discriminate. You can be the richest person in Hollywood. You can be the richest person living in the house up on the hill, um, hooked on pain meds, and you can be the poorest person in Skid Row. But addiction is addiction. So, you know, what it's, it's the way people are looked down at. A lot of people don't want to admit that, um, that addiction could be running rampant right in their own home, yeah. you know, or in their neighborhood. And if they suddenly find out that so-and-so, the neighbor's, daughter Alice is on drugs, well then Alice is a bad person. Alice doesn't live a good upper life like our daughters or our kids, you know, which is all hogwash. I mean, anybody can get caught up in it. Where do you think that, that immediate triggering stigma comes from? If you see someone lying down on the street, uh, you know, even before I started working in, in the treatment industry, like I, I had negative stigmas just because I didn't know any better. I, I think it's... in. It, it, it's egotistical. It? It's egotistical thinking. It's thinking that people are better than, or just because somebody has an education and they're and they've gone and, and done a lot with their lives and they um, accomplished a lot and they're living in you know upper class or higher class uh, type of environment that uh, they just look down on people. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's like somebody to their caliber, if it's their friend's kid 
that someone gets addicted. Um, there are some people that they think, well, our kids aren't that way, and so they, that's the automatic thing. It's ego. Straight yeah. up, it's ego. It's like, get over yourself. It's, this is the reality. Yeah. You know, it's an epidemic. Addiction, especially opioid addiction, is a major epidemic. There's how, Why would a stigma be attached to any kind of addiction, especially when people are, are dying, you know, so many in, in such large numbers on a daily basis? Yeah, it's crazy. Hourly basis, na nationally. It's crazy. Let us know uh, continually what questions, what comments that you have. Uh, if you like this, um, share this video with your friends. We're trying to uh, to grow Sober Grind. We, we want to interact with you guys a lot more. We want yes. you to ask us questions. Tell us your experience. Come through. Say things. I mean, it's it's nice that when you tell us nice comments and thank you very much, Samantha. We will keep our we will keep on trying to raise awareness. <laughs> but we would we we love uh, interaction, audience interaction. When you guys. Uh, tell what us show you know, all about. Ask us something. Tell us something. Whatever you'd like. And also, um, when we do this show, it comes in different platforms. You want to talk yeah. about that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, anywhere you listen to uh, podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher. Um, we're also on YouTube. We're now on uh, iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Um, yeah. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. We're all over the place. So. Okay. Uh, we're trying to make it as easy as possible to get this information out there, no matter where you're at. And uh, Subscribe and to us. Reshare us. Talk about us. Let people know because we're just here to try to help the community and raise awareness. Hi, Erica. Hi, Erica. <laughs> well, let's, let's, keep, let's keep going in. Okay. So we know that addiction does not discriminate. No, it doesn't. It can affect anyone. Mm -hmm. What are some of the, the different ways that people can kind of just slip and fall into addictive behaviors well often you know and this is what I've seen in my experience over the years is that uh, people have traumas and mm -hmm. sometimes it's sexual trauma sometimes it's uh, abuse in the home mm -hmm. whether it be verbal physical so kids will turn to uh, drugs and alcohol for that great escape mm -hmm. from my own personal experience I remember vividly thinking at the age of 17 I don't like the madness that goes on in my house I need to get as high as I can so that I can escape this madness. So I turned to drugs then. Now, these days what we're seeing more and more of is, is uh, kids are very you know, curious and mm -hmm. they like to experiment and they yeah. like to find things and when it's easily accessible, such as in a medicine cabinet or certain friends that they hang out with. Can and there's a little bit of a rebelliousness to that. Yeah. Well, there's rebelliousness because you know you shouldn't touch that. Exactly. But you yeah. go after it and right. you do it anyway. Because, you know, I mean, what, what, what do kids do? You know, when they're, they're curious. Like, don't touch that. You say don't touch that, they're going to touch, touch it, it, right? That, that, <laughs> it's a hot stove. Like, don't touch it. Oh, you burnt yourself. Don't you have to touch it, right? But when it comes to addiction, I mean, that's no joke. They start doing a little bit of pills. And the problem is, is that um, a few pills that they take, they, be, they develop that addiction or that, that dependency towards the drugs. And then they just keep on chasing that high. Yeah. And once you get, you know, once you start, it's really hard to stop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, kind of addressing what you were talking about earlier in that um, that video that you mentioned about uh, um, what's meth like. Mm -hmm. um, being prescribed, particularly Ritalin, Adderall, mm -hmm. things like that that right. have a slippery slope, that things that are prescribed to you that are supposed to be helpful, mm -hmm. how can that kind of lead into addiction? Well, that's a great question. So over the years, you know, what I've seen is, uh, you know, so Adderall has different effects for different people. Mm -hmm. They prescribe it to kids that are hyper to calm them down. 
They prescribe it to adults to be more focused and to to achieve better. To to be you know a lot of students will be prescribed right. Adderall because they can't you know they have ADD they can't focus or pay attention in class or when it comes to doing homework and things like that. So here you are, you're giving somebody medical speed, and and yes, it has a reverse effect on kids that are hyper. It calms them down, but most kids that I've seen that grow up and go into rehabs were prescribed Adderall as, as kids. Now, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not saying it shouldn't be done, but personally, I don't feel like, I feel like the dependency towards something to alter the state of mind of a child or, or even a young adult is, is being developed in the time of them being prescribed this stuff. So a doctor will give them that within the intention of them either calming down or being more focused, but what they don't know is that they're becoming dependent upon that. I once had a client who was strictly an Adderall addict. Yeah. And he was he would take it and he was prescribed it and he would justify it. But the problem was is that he took it so much that he started to abuse his own prescription. So, you know, then he was always seeking more and more of it. What happens to people like this? Sometimes they will go out and do other drugs. Sometimes they'll actually they'll try to get more from their doctor. Their doctor will cut them off or Tell them, no, this is how long this was supposed to last. So they resort to street drugs. You know, when it comes to yeah. opiates, let's say somebody, I've seen people who went into treatment solely because they had become, they had developed a, an addiction from being in pain solely. They, they were never an addict. They were never like a full-blown drug addict that was experimenting with drugs because of psychological issues. They, they had like a back surgery or they had some major back injury which they gave, you know, the doctors gave them pain meds, and over a period of time, they used those pain meds, and they were like, this is good. Like, I really like this feeling. It makes me not have to feel the pain. I want more, more. Give me more, give me more. Doctor cuts them off. Next thing you know, the guy's seeking it on the streets. If he can't find the pills from certain street dealers, next thing you know, the guy's looking for black tar heroin or China white or any kind of heroin. I mean, we're talking people that were not drug addicts are now resorting to doing straight-up heroin because it's, you know, a cheaper form of, an opiate that they can find through a dealer much easier than the pills that their doctor was prescribing them. So so easy to slide down that hill. Right, and it could be anybody. Like I yeah. said, I saw people who really had it together at one point in their life have some kind of an injurious experience happen to where they got into, the, you know, it was, it, was, it happened from a prescription of a doctor and they became full-blown heroin addicts. Mm. You know, it's, it's very sad. Well, it looks like we have a Let's couple see, comments Somebody here. said something here up. earlier. I wanted to see. Oh. Keep the comments no, coming I haven't in. done hard drugs in eight years. Been off Suboxone since January 1st. I applaud Bravo. you. I'm so happy that you don't need that anymore. My mother is the type of person that will and still does tell everyone that I'm a drug addict. I've proven myself clean, but nothing will change her mind about me mm. and continues to demoralize my character. How do I handle this? I, I love Great that question. question. So here's the thing. Some people, we can't change people and their opinions. But um, if someone was to say, hey, you know, are you a drug addict? Like your mom says you're a drug addict. It doesn't hurt to say I'm a drug I, Yes, I was addicted to drugs. I'm in recovery. I'm recovered. Depending on what kind of a recovery program you're in or if you're not doing the drugs anymore, well, you're not addicted to the drugs. So in a sense, you could always, this is what I say, like, yes, I had an addiction to drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, I, in certain rooms, like when you're amongst your own peers that are in recovery, we will call ourselves an alcoholic or an addict. 
But some people will say recovery because yeah. we, we recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind, body, and spirit. So we, we overcome our addiction. You know, not to say that we are cured for life, but if we continue to work a program of recovery, depending on whatever that program is, a lot of people do different types of recovery methods. You know, some people go to AA, NA, CA, CMA. Some people do smart recovery. Some people go to church, you know, depending on who you are and how you do it. And some people just don't do it anymore. You know, I commend the ones that don't do it anymore and they stay stopped. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't know what that lifestyle is like. I needed to find my own path. So um, I'm at, you know, a lot of people know already on my Facebook page that um, I'm, I'm huge on my recovery. I'm all about staying sober. And I don't hesitate to talk about it. As a matter of fact, you know that this month is Substance Abuse Awareness Month. Ooh. Yeah, so. September? September is, yes. For the whole month. Something. We should do something special. Stay off the drugs. Stay off the drugs. <laughs> That's special for. And raise awareness. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, you are doing great. Thank you. Let's see. Thank you for all the nice comments. Hearts and love. Uh, yeah. Been taking weekly UAs for over a year. Good. Good job. Awesome. Perfect. Laurie, you're doing the right thing. Cares what they say about us. You do your own thing. <laughs> How about questions from our studio audience? Anything? <laughs> Nothing? Okay. Nothing? So, okay. we'll continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Mm. Okay. So, well, this, this triggered an interesting question. So, if, if you have a loved one, particularly a child, uh -huh. that's is an addict or is struggling, mm -hmm. what advice would you offer to that parent about addressing the stigma uh, and how they should view? If you have a child who's addicted, yes. So if a person and your, has a and your mindset is that you have a, a really negative stigma. Oh, you have a stigma like, yes. you're like oh my God, you're on drugs, right? Yeah. Well, this is actually where I think your eyes are going to open to the reality of what can and should and would and is happening mm -hmm. and what must be done because there is a solution, you know, to be able to help them. But now it may help you to not look at them in that eye instead of hating on them for falling into that category and making you look bad. It's time for you to get out of your own way and, you know, show your loving child that you love so much that you raised and wanted to have the best for how to get the help. And that is, you know, you've got to seek outside help. You can't do it on your own. And there might be a reason that they turned out that way, you know, because your expectations of them may have been high. Society's expectations of them may have been high. A lot of people, until it hits home, and that's a great question that you ask that, a lot of people, until it actually hits home, don't realize the magnitude and, and, and the strength of disease, the disease of addiction or alcoholism. They don't get it. They, don't, they, think that, they think that a person has just taken a bad path because they made a bad choice. Yeah, obviously they did. But there's a lot behind that. There's a reason why, psychologically, there's a reason why somebody will turn to them and stay with them. There's yeah. some people that are just experimenters. It's a phase. For some kids, they, they'll have their little phase of smoking pot. They may try some heavy drugs here and there. And then they go on to college and they do their lives and they, you know, just live a regular life. We call them normies or regular folks, right? Not to say that they're totally regular. I'm sure they have their own personal issues. But regardless of the fact, everyone has issues, right? 
But the, regardless of the fact, they, they don't become fully addicted to one specific or certain drug or many drugs. Mm -hmm. Me, quite the contrary. Complete, full-blown drug addict. Like, I did it all. I did anything I could get into me because I had a lot of stuff that went on in my life that, you know, I was just spiritually sick. You know, like there's just so many things that happened to me in my life that they were all my traumas and I let them consume me and I needed to numb out and so I didn't want to feel. And that happens in very wealthy families. There's high expectations of some people's kids that like you didn't go to college like I went to college and you didn't become like I went. We wanted you to become a doctor. Now you're doing yeah. this and now you're doing that. And face a lot of that. Yeah, you, you'll never amount to anything. You're not like me and your grandfather and his grandfather. You don't even carry our name. You know, all these things mess with the kids. You know, identity Definitely. with their character. You know, so what more? Well, I'm I'm a loser. Basically, my dad says that I'm nothing compared to him. Well, what should I do? I'm just going to get loaded, so I don't have to feel. I don't have to hear his voice in my head anymore, and I don't have to deal with life. You know, I don't care what he says anymore. And then they get to that point where they just say, "I don't care." You know, and then before they know it, they're fully, you know, lit. I mean, to the point where there's no sobriety, um, no more sober kid that was. Going through everything that was expected of him, now he's a full-blown addict. So people shouldn't look down on their kids if they find out. You should help them. Yeah. What advice would you offer to the parent that has tried many, many times over, many years? Kids gone in and out of rehabs. Nothing works. Nothing helps. The addict doesn't want help. Cut them off. Cut them off. I mean, it's. Harsh for me to say that, but you'll save their life. Mm. Because if they think – there's certain ways of helping your kids. And sometimes you think about just sticking them in a treatment center and continuing to living your life the way that you do and expecting them to fix them, it's um, not likely. It doesn't happen that much. Yeah. If you make them desperate enough to where they don't have you as the main resource they're, you know, in, in functioning in life and they become – self-supported, mm -hmm. that's the chance that you give them to actually become their own person. Plus, you hold them back from growing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you if you keep on trying to help them the way you do and, and keep them in your house or bring them back from treatment and all that, or in their addiction, harbor them and allow them to continue to use in your house, it's, it's not good. You know, mm -hmm. it's just not good. I've seen a lot of horror stories ongoing, still happening all the time. An epidemic. Yes, it is. Nikki Bush, no such thing as spiritual sickness or disease. Okay, well, that's from your opinion. <laughs> My spirit's been pretty sick, Nikki. <laughs> so what oh, – another question. I'm sick because I'm separated from the spirit solution, but there's no spiritual sickness. Okay, well, that's – you're entitled to your opinion, Nikki Bush. <laughs> so – What's the solution here, Pesh, as society? Pesh for president. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. What's, what's the solution? What can we do as a society to overcome the stigma? Raise great stigma attached to addiction. We need to raise more awareness. We need help. We need more people to talk about it rather than not talk about it. Um, I noticed that uh, Facebook, a lot of people were, for this month of um, – you know, substance abuse recovery month. Um, people were saying, "Don't be shy to talk about it. Mm. Speak about it. Let people know that you're in recovery." And and uh, why hide it? You know, it's yeah. like 
one one of my I can speak for myself is that um, well obviously when you go to anonymous meetings like they want you to stay anonymous they don't want you to go and announce that you're right. like there's traditions for that and and I understand that like I don't go around and say I'm a member of uh, an anonymous program and this is who I am but I I feel that if I talk about you know my addictions and and all the things that I was caught up in my hardships and how I was just in an abyss of addiction and I couldn't get out of it. When I go and speak about that on a public level, like in schools or or with families or things like that, I, I, I continue to break the stigma, especially because um, one may tell the other, um, this is what this guy is doing and uh, we can help you, then the help is there. So the help is there to be offered as long as people are willing to take it. And, and um, uh, we just need to keep opening the doors of opportunity for people and let them know that they're not alone. And then if um, this problem does arise, I think uh, if people's eyes are really open to it, then they break their own stigmas. But, I'm, you know, this poor lady, she's talking about her mom still looks down at her, you know, or talks about her in a certain way. I think that's the best that her mom knows how to do. Yeah. You know, luckily, like, my parents were very accepting of it. I remember when I was newly sober, I would go to lunch with my mom and my stepdad. It was, like, probably within six months. And we were sitting at, like, the lunch table, and I would talk about um, – being in recovery, my stepdad would say, shh, like, it's embarrassing. You don't, talk about, don't talk about it too loud. And I was like, what do you mean? Well, there's people here in public. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I, I, I really don't care. Like, for me, I don't care. There's a lot of people that are very private about it. There's not a lot of people that – there's people that have – I mean, I work in treatment. So a lot of people that, that have done drugs and alcohol extensively and gotten sober work in treatment. However – if you're like a CEO of a company, you're not going to go display yourself and broadcast on your Facebook page. I've got five years of sobriety and put my AA chip on there. It's, right. you know, Nicole Stag Pice. Okay. Right. Hi, Nicole. We love you too. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that. All right. We had a long comment here. One second. How can I handle this? Wait. Okay, so she says, my mother has my four-year-old daughter brought DCF into the mix while I was in treatment on Suboxone. I got off of it, but she still speaks terrible of me, holding my past against me. I've proven that I'm clean, yet she still claims I'm a drug addict. She won't even speak to me or let me see my child. How can I handle this? Show her I'm clean. I've passed all my UAs. Ask for family counseling. She won't. What's your advice? So... You know, this is, it's very sad that people hold that over our head and they still kind of keep us in that category of this is how you were and this is how we see you and this is how we feel that you will remain, right? Um, people can change. Be hopeful. Just keep on working on you. It's very sad. I saw a friend recently that has uh, nine years of sobriety when he was new. Um, he was from back east and his wife took the kids and didn't allow through the courts for him to have any place in their lives. And it used to just, you know, it got, he got to a point, I remember he would always talk about it and how it hurt him and how he really would love to be able to see his kids. He took his sobriety seriously. He continues to take his sobriety seriously. When I saw him recently, which was a couple of weeks ago, I asked him if he's been able to see his kids. He said, still no, I'm still, you know, I, I kind of gave up on fighting. But I think within, and he said, wait, within time, the kids are gonna grow up and they're gonna wanna see who their dads are. So I would just let the universe work itself out. You keep working on you. 
be hopeful, but don't uh, have high expectations. Just do the best that you can do for yourself. And I think that you'll get to a place where if, if the universe sees it fit for the kids to be back in your life, it'll happen when it needs to happen. That's the best advice I can give you. I mean, I'm not God and I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I really hope that um, your mommy lets up. You know, you lead by example and just be um, good at your recovery. And I feel like good things happen for us that stay, stick around and stay sober. Yeah, that's great. Any final questions or any uh, anything additional you want to get into on this topic? I don't have any final questions, but I can say this right now. You know, um, I have a major passion for helping people, especially people that have addiction. And I have a whole wealth of people um, that are around me mm -hmm. that are very young. And what I'm seeing a lot of them doing lately is going and speaking in detoxes, mm -hmm. in treatment centers, in schools, in high schools, in junior That's high great. schools on a national level. I got people back in Maryland, Virginia, Frank Lucas, if you're watching, talking about you, um, who were, they were, you know, in the trenches of addiction for a long time and alcoholism. And right now they're making a difference by going out and talking to people. I love that. You know, and I think that we need more of that. You know, I myself, I remember I was in high school. I had a woman that came and talked about her cocaine usage and how she did it on, at this motel on Harbor Boulevard. And I was thinking, I'm not going to get like her. I have weed in my pocket, but she's a cokehead. And before you knew it, three years later, I was in that same motel on Arbor Boulevard getting loaded. So you can always put an idea in somebody's head if you're out there talking about it. But if you're not saying anything and we're not talking about it, the stigma will just keep growing and people will keep viewing addicts and alcoholics as bad people making bad choices that we should not mingle with. But it can happen in your home. So let's kill the stigma. Let's raise awareness. Let's get out there. Um, let's let's not just celebrate this month uh, recovery. Don't be shy. If I mean, this is my my from me to you. If you don't have some kind of job that's going to put you at risk for looking down at you or or losing your job because you were once involved in drugs and alcohol, uh, feel free to talk to people or at least talk to people that you know that are suffering. And did we already talk about asking addiction specialists? Not yet, um, but yeah. So there. There's a, we've created an online public forum called Ask an Addiction Specialist to connect people that have questions or that are struggling, not only with peers and other people that are going through that, but with everyday working addiction specialists, doctors, psychologists, people like Pej, really helpful people that you can ask questions in and they will uh, answer those questions to the best of their ability 24-7. If you'd like to find out more, uh, there's a, a link in the description of this video, mm -hmm. or you can just type in uh, on Ask Facebook, an Addiction Specialist. Ask an Addiction Specialist. And then if, once you, if you're not part of the group, just request. We will add you. Yes. We'd love to hear from you. Come in. If you're suffering, if you have a loved one that's suffering, come to Ask an Addiction Specialist, and we will try to answer your questions to the best of our ability. Yeah. Also, if you would like to share your story, that's part of what this, this Sober Grind our mission is is to highlight amazing recovery stories as well as provide Hi, hope and uh, and hopefully some answers. So if you'd like to share your story, please let us know. You can do this uh, both anonymously or you can put your name out there. Uh, it's entirely up to you. I do want to also, before we close the show, talk about two things. We're working on some special stuff. We got some good things coming out. We got oh, yeah. little, we've got little mini videos about addiction, different types of drugs in the field and the effects and why people do them coming up and coming out soon. I'll, we will tell you about that. Um, 
interventions. We do inter I do interventions. I work alongside Earl Hightower. Also, I'm affiliated with Pat Ochoa of 1111 Intervention and many other interventionists. If you ever need somebody to help an adolescent or an adult and you don't, you're struggling, you don't know how to do it, the family can't help, you need an interventionist, feel free, feel free to reach out to me. We are also working on a documentary. Um, that's just in the works. I won't say too much about it, but we're going to have some really special it's people. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. So a hoot. A hoot. <laughs> so thank you guys all for tuning in today. Do you have anything else you want to say? No. Um, if you'd like to help us grow this program and, and spread positively, um, spread our roots, uh, the, the most helpful thing you could possibly do is to write us a review on iTunes. Um, it's, it's simple, quick review. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, we're constantly looking to improve this show because we want to be the, the best and helpful thing for you as possible. Thank you, each and every one of yes. you, for anybody that comes on here and checks out the Sober Grind. Thank you for your support. We love you all, and we look forward to seeing you again next week with our special guest, Gina Post. Yeah, it's going to be a fun topic. I think we're talking about dual diagnosis. Oh, nice. So that'll be an interesting one. One of my favorite, most favorite people. Awesome. Okay. Until next time, Sober Grind out. Sober Grind. <laughs>